an article came up about a, a young lady who had taken her life on that bridge on the M27 two years previously. Now, when I saw the picture of that girl, um, the, the, you know, when people say that there's hairs on the back of your neck stand up, I've never truly experienced that until that moment because the hairs on the back of my neck really did stand up and on my arms as well. And I was absolutely sure that that was the girl that I saw. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of Your Ghost Stories podcast. Today is an exciting one as we have the creator of the amazing YouTube channel Curious World, which in their words explores the world's darker side. The channel currently boasts an impressive 232,000 subscribers. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce researcher, writer and captivating storyteller Curious World. Hello, thank you for having me. Real pleasure to have you here. So for any listeners of this podcast who may not be familiar with your work, could you tell us a little bit about Curious World and what led you down the path of creating this type of content? Well, I, um, ever since I would say 2014, um, I, I started to pay a lot of attention to YouTube and a lot of the things that I was interested in, like true crime and, and the paranormal. And I was watching quite a few videos regularly. Uh, Rob Dyke, I, mean, I know the guy gets a lot of a lot of bad bad press recently, but back then he hadn't. Uh, he was he was one of my favourites. Another one was uh, Top Fives, which was a, a regular um, for me. And as time went on, I, I, I started to think, oh, I would I would quite like to do this myself. You know, I quite I quite like this idea, but I was so. The thing that was holding me back was the the idea of narration. You know, I, I like many people, I, I really dislike the sound of my own voice, and uh, I thought, no, the, the narration is going to be a problem. So I, I kind of looked into the AI voices, which back then were terrible, um, not so much now. But yeah, that wasn't working for me. So I thought, right, okay. So I just I just bit the bullet and, and just tried. And I thought, well, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I'm going to be anonymous anyway. Uh, so I tried and I put out my first video in December of 2015. What an impressive thing to do from, like you say, uh, this what you do as a faceless channel, although I can see your face right now. To everyone else, you're a mystery. Um, but yeah, going back to what you're saying, we are all our own worst enemies. Um, but I've got to give it to you. You know, your voice is absolutely perfect for narration. And I've spent the last the past week or so listening to quite a few of your episodes. And like I said at the beginning, you are, you really are a captivating storyteller. Um, and in my opinion, you have zero reason to to doubt your uh, your skills there. I, I appreciate that because uh, my, my narration isn't for everybody. Uh, obviously, when you when you're on YouTube, you're you're dealing with the whole world, aren't you? So, um, 
or most of it anyway and you know you always have your detractors and i've had i've had plenty of people tell me that my narration is bad but i've also i've had the majority of people tell me it that it's good so i must be doing something right if you've got haters you're doing something right screw those guys anyway the the dedication you have towards your videos is very evident. Can you walk us through your creative process from researching and script writing to the final editing stage? Uh, yeah, um, it, it really depends on what story I'm telling. If if I'm telling a a local story or somewhere that was anywhere close to me, then I will absolutely look into traveling there, um, speaking to people, and filming. You know filming the footage myself um but obviously if, if you know i'm looking at something that's overseas for example and, and there's no i can't do that then i will just rely on um internet um sources i will i'll visit libraries i tend to not just rely on the internet because i think a lot of channels do that and they will sort of pick the first from what i I've gathered anyway from looking at a lot of channels. They'll they'll pick the first two or three sources on the internet and they will use those. Whereas I found that if you go into a library, for example, or if you sign up to um, a newspaper archive, which there are quite a few of those online, you will find a hell of a lot more information. Um, there's a lot more information out there to be had than just looking on the internet at basic Google you know google results and i think i know i know i'm not the only guy who does it i know a lot of people do it they they put a lot of time and effort but many many channels don't and i think that's what sets my channel and others aside from those sort of um kind of top typical top 10 videos you know the ones that put out a video every week you know very sort of quick turnover i i tend to um look a little deeper and spend a few weeks on it. I was listening to one of your paranormal episodes earlier, and I do love the way that you dive into the research with newspaper clippings and everything like that. And I love how honest you are about the cases as well. You know, although you are telling a story and, you know, you're trying to engage the listener, like on this particular episode that I listened to, you said, you know, I I can't guarantee that this is this even happened then it may just be a fictional thing so um yeah you're very open and honest with your um interpretations are there any particular cases or topics that you've found challenging or kind of emotionally taxing to cover and how do you approach uh, approach such subjects whilst maintaining sensitivity to the to the topics as, as far as the paranormal go um i i haven't i mean there's only been one one incident or one story that I really sort of found found difficult and um I was going to make a video about it but I haven't done it it's the story I'm going to tell you today um and it's yeah it's 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 emotion it's it's very it's difficult to read about and it is and it's very very difficult to make a video about it when you consider that the incident that happened was very recent and the victim suffered greatly for me to then put a video out and say i saw the ghost of this person it's i, I thought you know it's a little i thought felt it was a little disrespectful um but that's another story and it's something that i'll cover in, in a little while but um 
mostly the really harrowing sort of difficult cases have been the obviously the true crime stories that the, the actual you know factual recorded stories of of people who have you know experienced horrible things i mean the um the sherry burn story that i i covered quite recently um was really really difficult to to read about you know when when you looked into that that case and the, the actual specifics of what she endured was really really awful the amelia dyer story the, the baby farmer from london i mean it's a very very historical it's very old case um but it's it obviously you know you're dealing with um child mortality and child murder in that story so naturally that's that's that was difficult to work on heavy stuff man yeah um so you have over 100 videos on your channel uh, so far yeah what other true crime or historic stories have really stuck with you over the past kind of eight years and why um if anybody and if anybody would like to check out the full video um on your channel where would they find that as well the one that i previously mentioned the sherry burn story but like i said simply because of what she endured the I'm, I'm really surprised that the story hadn't been told in documentary form before yeah the, the amount of information that was out there and um the intricacy of the story and it, it spanned a few years and like i said i'm surprised that for example netflix or hbo hadn't done a special on it for example and i know they haven't because i've looked everywhere before i cover any any case i i look everywhere and make sure that it's not been covered before um that one was was uh, that one stuck with me the other one that stuck with me actually was um the case of I did a series called The Ladies and Ladies of the Lake. And um it was a story of Margaret Hogg and um who whose husband found out that she was being unfaithful. He he murdered her and drove all the way from um I, th I think it was well from the south of England, um, all the way up to the Lake District to dispose of her body. But before he did that, he came. He he drove down to my area of, of of Taunton, Somerset, picked his son up from school, and then drove and then drove up to the Lake District. Now I I just find it fascinating because if he if he had taken the the fastest route, which he I'm assuming would have done, he would have driven right past my house. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, I I I kind of. Um, dwelled on that for a while and thought my god you know who would have thought like 40 years ago that would have happened and nobody would have been you know nobody would have had a clue that there was a dead body in the in the in the boot on its way up to um the lake district having that kind of um personal aspect of it uh, yeah. just knowing that it's come like close by your house and stuff just makes it so much more real doesn't it it does yeah it really does we hear these stories all the time um but yeah just when you when something happens locally to you that's when it's like oh wow this is you know it's not a story it's real life yeah i was actually up by your way last week just over new year's actually oh were uh, you i was in um uh torquay devon so we drive drove just past oh, yeah. uh just past somerset and taunton did you say taunton yeah that's that's well yeah that's the general area where i am yeah nice yeah so it's a cool area with so much 
amazing history. So we were down there because my partner's uh, dad lives lives down there. Right. Um, but while we were there, we visited a couple of places that, that have some really great stories. So we went to the Spanish Barn, which is in Torquay, which right. has a really cool story, which um, I'm going to post on my Instagram as a reel and uh, as a short on YouTube. So if anybody listening wants to check that out, uh, some a really cool story there. And also the stories from a place called uh, Berry Pomeroy Castle. Have you heard of that place? No, I haven't. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's got some just cool stories of uh, murder and deceit and things like that. So yes. there's so yeah. <laughs> many. I mean, there's so many um, great stories um, that are just hidden. Um, I've noticed that when I've done more research and I've looked through old um, newspaper articles, that they are just these these stories. They're just epic stories. And uh, what I'll, I'll tend to do, I'll, I'll look at. Um, a case and i'll read about it and then i'll just follow it some of some of these cases just go on for years and they're just epic epic tales that have been lost to history and that's why i enjoy bringing them to to youtube so much because you know i don't don't want to big myself up too much but sometimes i think well if i if i don't tell a story then there's a chance it will never be told again you know i think it's a great thing what you're doing um and yeah, there's not many people that would be willing to give up a lot of their time to uh, make make these cases, you know, relevant or, you know, uh, a- people are able to look back in another 50 or 100 years and still be able to find these stories. Yeah. Uh, out of curiosity, how do you come across these particular stories, especially if they've not been covered by more mainstream kind of media? Yeah, um, I, I rely a lot on the uh, online um newspaper uh, archives the the british newspaper archive is a good one i've also there's also another one uh, i can't remember i think it's just called news archives but it's it's an, a us one it's basically the us version of the um the british newspaper archive and yeah there's just so much there's 300 years worth of printed history and you know with with a you know a few word searches um you know key phrases and things like that you can you can dig these things out control f murder yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly Uh, so do you have any of your own personal paranormal stories that you'd maybe be willing to share with our story with our audience Uh, yeah well the one I, i touched on earlier i've had I, I, w- I will make this clear. Actually, I'm I'm not I'm not a, a, a believer per se. I um, what's the word? Skeptic. Yes, I am a skeptic, very much so, and to the point where a lot of the time, if I, if I hear a ghost story, I nine times out of ten, I think, nah, I'm not convinced. I'm the same, to be honest, and I'm sitting here with a ghost podcast. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. I mean, I, I, I was thinking the same thing. I said, well, you know, if I'm well, if I'm doing these sort of videos, people must think that I'm a I'm a true believer in this stuff. But I'm really not. I really struggle with it. I mean, very. It, uh, it's funny because I, I often read books by um, Peter Underwood, who is a very very well known. I mean, you're sure, you know, you'll be familiar with him. A very well known paranormal investigator and he said at the end of his career he never saw a ghost 
and he wasn't he wasn't entirely convinced that they existed yet he dedicated most of his adult life to that which is which is an unbelievable really um but yeah i'm i'm I, I, I like the idea. I, I think it's it's possible. I like the idea that there are there are things out there. Um, but yeah, I've I've had I've had three unusual um, experiences in my life that I've questioned. One of them I questioned a lot, and I thought about it a great deal over many years. And um, it all started when. I, I used to live in South Wales. I used to live in Cardiff. I went to university there. Uh, I bought my first house there. I was there for a, a few years. In 2008, um, I was offered a job in Bournemouth, in Dorset, and I took it. So I moved from Cardiff to Bournemouth, um, and it took me several trips to move everything from my, you know, from my house to that down to my new flat, and. Um, I remember it was August, August of 2008, while I was making my last trip, I, I'd borrowed a van. Well, my uncle and I had borrowed a van. Um, he drove it. And we went to pick up my the last of my few things. And we had a really late start. Like I'd, I'd finished work at five o'clock. He didn't turn up to pick me up until seven. So by the time we got up to Cardiff, it was gone 10 o'clock. By the time we packed everything into the van, it was way past midnight. Um, it was a late one. So we, at around about, I would have probably, I would say, two, around about the one o'clock in the morning, we we set off from Cardiff to go down to Bournemouth. And um, there was an incident that had happened on the road. I think there was an accident. So we had, we were diverted and we took a slightly different route to what we normally would have. And um, we reached the M27 and by now it, we we were getting close to Bournemouth. Um, it was we were just, it was we were passing through Southampton. We were going past Totten. I don't know if you're familiar with that that area. And um, and we we passed. We it was about three o'clock in the morning. Um, and, and I know that's such a cliche. People talk about three o'clock in the morning being the time when things happen, but it it was three o'clock. You know, or just gone. And we were passing under a bridge. Or just about to pass under a bridge, and as as we were, we you know the 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 bridge sort of came up and it was like lit up in the in the uh, headlights of the van, and we were approaching it, and I noticed, as clear as anything, there was a woman perched on the edge of the bridge, looking down over the road. Um. She had. She was wearing white, or what looked. It looked as if she was definitely wearing like light-coloured clothing. And um, it's, it was. It was obvious that that's what it was. There's no doubt in my mind that, that that's what I saw. And also, my uncle saw it too because when we passed under, he he turned to me and he said, "Did did you see that?" And I said, "Yeah, I did." And he said, "Well, what what should we do about it?" And in in retrospect it seemed it sounds really awful uh to say that we didn't turn back we didn't call anybody um because obviously i, I think that's what we should have done because it, it looked as if there was somebody who, who was about to take their life but we we for some reason we didn't and we carried on and 
um, as we we carried on, my my uncle sort of we we was talking about it, and he mentioned the possibility that it could be a ghost. And I sort of laughed it off. You know, I thought, ah, oh, you know, that, that's uh, yeah. Can you imagine? You know, if, uh, if it was a ghost. And anyway, I, I thought about this this incident as we were sort of doing the the last leg of our journey, and we got back. We got to my reached my flat. It must have been approaching four o'clock in the morning, and um, I got in and I couldn't stop thinking about it. So I, you know, I went on. I got onto Google and I typed in a few keywords. You know, M twenty seven, girl on the bridge, um, that a uh, Totten, you know, the area that we were in, and and I, I did a search, and an article came up about a a young lady who had taken her life on that bridge on the M twenty seven two years previously. Now, when I saw the picture of that girl. Um, that the, you know, when people say that there's hairs on the back of your neck stand up, I've never truly experienced that until that moment, because the hairs on the back of my neck really did stand up, and on my arms as well. And I was absolutely sure that that was the girl that I saw on the bridge. Um, now I I didn't really tell anybody about this I, I mentioned it briefly to my uncle the next day and he he took it with a pinch of salt which I'm, you know i'm not surprised that he did um and he he didn't really make much comment he always said oh that's you know, that's interesting sort of thing and kind of just just let let it go and I, I didn't tell anybody else for a couple of years and then two years down the line um my mother came to stay with me in in Bournemouth at my flat, and we we just got onto the subject of the paranormal and and ghosts and things like that because she she has claimed to see to have seen things through her life like a, a lot of the uh, older generation do, don't they? They often they they have these stories, and my mum was no different. And anyway, we got onto the, the the subject, and I mentioned this story to her, and she sort of listened very intently she didn't say much and then she she after a, a little bit of a silence she said do you remember when i came to stay with you in cardiff that day and i had to leave really early to go to work the next morning because she was working in dorset she was working in paul um and as a nurse she's a registered nurse and she had to get up very early. She got up, I think, at five o'clock in the morning to leave to leave my house in Cardiff to to make it down in time for work. And she told me that she took that same route. And when she hit the M27, before she just as she was passing the Totten area, there was a roadblock. The police had blocked the road because a young woman had just jumped off of the bridge and killed herself. Um, now she, she heard about this because it, she heard it on the radio. She didn't know what, what, had, obviously immediately she didn't know what had happened because, um, you know, there was no, no way of knowing, but she, she listened to the radio and it turns out that that's what, that's what happened. So she was diverted to go a different way to go to work. But I was just amazed that she, she happened, she was there 
she she was there moments after it happened and yet there was me two years later this incident happened to me it, it just it just seems quite unbelievable but it it is what i experienced it is what i saw and um i'm pretty sure despite my skepticism i'm pretty sure that that was the girl that i saw um it turns out that the girl did commit suicide because she was um she was had been abused and she had approached the police and told her about her that you know reported her abuser but nothing was done uh she wasn't taken seriously she's um, this is what uh, you know the, the family have reported since and that's why she took her own life what do you make of that you've got my spine tingling let me tell you i mean i can send you i can send you the link to it but i, I don't want to go mentioning names and things like Absolutely. that you know I, I don't want to say yes i saw that this you know this this woman you know these horrible things happened to her and and i think i saw her ghost and i i, I think that's quite a disrespect that's quite disrespectful i think to the family so i i haven't made a video about it and i um i'm reluctant to mention her name obviously on the podcast what a strange coincidence mm. um how, how bloody creepy i think going back to what we said before you before you this story um i think nine times out of ten there really are logical explanations in you know when people see spirits or ghosts and stuff but mm. from personal experience there is that one time or that one percent where something happens where you're just like what is going on here yeah, that, yeah. you think well that doesn't make a lot of sense and the more i, I couldn't make any sense of it the, the only thing that i could i could think of was well it was just coincidence that there just happened to be a person sat on the bridge on the same bridge in the dead of night at three o'clock in the morning maybe it was a friend of hers maybe it was somebody who was sat there to re to, to remember her and and maybe they were just doing some a little bit of reflecting yeah i'm sure some people will you know listen to that story and think because it was 3 p 3 a.m for you when you saw it that maybe it could be you know sleep deprivation or hallucinations you know there'll be so many rational explanations but yeah it sounds like you know what you saw and your uncle saw is was pretty real you know if, if you both saw it it holds so much more it, there was not absolutely 100 percent a woman mm. sat on the bridge yeah and, the, the only the only question is was it paranormal or not yeah and you you both saw it yeah exactly yeah. so it, it was there it was real um and it wasn't some kind of joint hallucination because you're sleep deprived mm. um and then you know like you said you went home you later on read about the article you had that conversation with your mum. like honestly i'm lost for words like what a story yeah maybe you know they say i know you're not that into the kind of the paranormal and stuff but after this is what the 39th episode and after I've, I've been interested in this kind of stuff for a long time and from what i hear you know spirits ghosts the spirit world or whatever it's kind of like they know past present and future so it's like my just random opinion on this maybe mm. this girl you know saw in the future you were going to have a platform um speaking about this kind of stuff and uh maybe she's looking for you to get this story out who oh, knows well, that that is an out there theory that is out there. but yeah i appreciate it <laughs>
<laughs> just my uh, input on that one. Yeah. Do you think um, this input, this event played a part in you know leading to you leading your life to the way it is today? You know, and telling these kind of stories through history. I know you haven't dived in, dived into this story on your channel, but do you think this one occurrence had an impact on where your life is now? Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I don't think it, it had any long-term effect on my life, apart from the fact that I've, I've thought about it a great deal. Um, it certainly has, it's, it's not the reason I started a channel and started to talk about these things because I've been interested in the paranormal for years anyway. Um, so no, but it is certainly something that I've given a lot of thought. Well, so thank you for sharing that exclusively here on your ghost stories podcast what a no privilege problem. man thank you no problem at all your ghost stories your ghost stories is there anything else you'd like to kind of promote or talk about or you know shout out your channel where can people find you oh well uh, you can find me across the socials, uh, mainly YouTube. And that's where I, I originated. That's where I'm, I'm mainly based. I do have an Instagram, uh, Curious World underscore YouTube. And I do have a, a TikTok, um, Curious underscore World. I think it is. I think that's what it is. But either way, you, you'll you'll recognize the logo. The logo is, is the same throughout. Um, and I'm on Twitter as well, or X as it's now known um and yeah and as as far as the, the future is concerned i've got a lot of things going on in my life right now a lot of personal issues to address and my i i, I have a fear that my my channel is going to slow down a little over the next few months but i'm trying my best for that not to happen i'm trying to stay focused and i'm trying to stay busy as i can on the channel and i and i certainly have um in um videos in the, in the pipeline um to, to come out in the, in the very near future i would say in the next three to four weeks i'll, I'll definitely have something up so if you're listening new. to this please do go ahead and follow curious world on all those platforms uh, and i can assure you you won't regret it it's been a real privilege to have you on and thank you so much for your time and sharing these stories um i wish you all the continued success with curious worlds and uh, yeah it's been great to meet you Thank you, Jamie. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you.